meeting today's challenges with yesterday's experiences. Senior Wisdom is your opportunity to take in wisdom gained by our elderly population and apply this insight to your own life. It's a time machine of sorts, sending you back to challenges of pre-millennia days and places that stretch across the globe. General Motors was the employer for multiple generations of Bob York's family. As a developing adult, Bob told his father that he would never work for General Motors. Bob's five years in college were completely focused on the health sciences, not car building. Well, a unique opportunity occurred at General Motors that required a healthcare specialist. Bob's dad suggested Bob visit the Human Resources Department, and guess what? Bob got the job. He and his father ended up not only working for the same company, but working with each other on the healthcare project. Bob learned that being open, taking risk of failure, and letting go of where you think you're going can guide you to your most satisfying personal and professional path. Threats or unforeseen problems yield new opportunities. Senior Wisdom is ready to share another golden nugget. So adjust the volume on your laptop or handheld device and soak into a conversation with Bob York. Well, Bob, it's unbelievably quiet at your home today, considering we have three dogs at our feet. <laughs> so this is Bob York. I thank you for inviting me into your home today. You're welcome, Steve. Good to meet you. Well, you live in Nevada County, high up on one of the peaks here. And it's quite a beautiful place. I'm assuming maybe you've come from somewhere else. Yeah, we, uh, we're from the Bay Area, uh, Danville specifically. And we discovered when we came up here that there seems to be a pattern or a migration of people approaching retiring or have retired and they discover the foothills and they migrate up here. Where are your roots from? My uh, roots as a child until midlife was uh, Michigan. Oh, you know, I was at Ohio State for a while. Oh. <laughs> I mean, there's about four feet between us right now. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe more soon. Yeah, right, right. So then you traveled <laughs> from Michigan straight out to California? That, that's right. Yeah, I was professionally engaged out here. I met my wife and uh, loved it out here. Been out here ever since. And to been out, out here for uh, a long time. Now, as a young man, I understand you... You were a medical technologist. What is that? Well, medical technologist is a trained like clinical scientist who uh, processes uh, largely body fluids uh, in a hospital or a clinical setting, uh, blood, uh, urine, semen, uh, fecal material, just about anything, saliva, uh, to uh, uh, analyze it, to look for uh, pathogens or look for uh, symptoms to share with a pathologist or uh, a doctor that might help them in uh, treating a patient. And so you spend most of your time in a laboratory then doing these various analysis with microscopes and test tubes, things like that? Right. It was probably a, uh, I'm speaking historically, it was probably a 70, 30% split. You're, you're in the laboratory, but uh, we were also trying to collect samples. So mm -hmm. we would go and draw blood or whatever it took to uh, engage with the uh, patient and uh, then bring the sample back to the laboratory. The, the life of a medical technologist, you must have gained a lot of uh, experiences of different sorts. Uh, understand it can be real intense uh, at times from an educational perspective. 
and oh. also uh, working in that environment. Well, that, that's a, a good observation on your part. Uh, it can get very uh, tense. Uh, uh, one of our jobs was uh, called typing and cross-matching blood. And uh, there's just no room for error. What, what is that? Uh, that's uh, if you uh, lost a significant amount of blood and you show up in the emergency room, the emergency room doctor is going to order uh, you know, replacement fluids, which may very well include uh, uh, whole blood. And uh, uh, blood, uh, unfortunately, comes in all types, and some types can harm another person uh, if it's dripped into them, and others can be exactly fine. And uh, there's um, um, fairly sophisticated tests to make darn sure that the blood is going to be uh, compatible with their, the type that they need. I, what's it like working in a, this is a hospital environment, right? Where mm -hmm. you have doctors, you have nurses of, of various types, you have administrators. What's the culture like? Well, my experience with it was uh, paramilitary. <laughs> uh, what do you mean by that? Well, the, the, um, the doctors sort of ruled the nest, probably with the, uh, in my mind's eye, then as a young man with the hospital administrative staff, senior staff being somewhat their equals, but obviously different in skill sets. But there was a um, um, sort of a salute, uh, a command and control type thing, because they developed procedures and policies that they determined either they work well, and you're not to vary from that, or perhaps they were related to employment law or to uh, other legalities for healthcare professionals. So then, after working there for quite some time, you ended up working for General Motors. That's, that's quite a jump. I, I don't know what the connection is exactly uh, between medical technology and General Motors, but uh, how, how did that jump happen, and, and how did life change for you? That gets us a little bit into the wisdom part, and, and, and it might just inch us in through that door a little bit. Uh, I told my father as a young man that since my father was third generation General Motors, that I would never work for General Motors. <laughs> okay. um, I was in the health care, I was in the helping profession, and I wasn't going to build cars. And uh, he and I had uh, some uh, raw uh, discussions about that over many years. He tried to get me to go to General Motors Institute, which is mostly for engineers. Um, so he wanted you to walk in his footsteps, basically. He, well, yeah, and he had good intentions because the uh, industry there in Michigan at that time paid more than uh, in hospitals, where I actually worked in a private lab for a short time, too. So um, I had this uh, ideal in my head that I was going to be in the helping profession, working with people, not building cars. So amazingly, my dad offered an opportunity for me to meet someone in human resources. They had a very unusual situation in a local division for General Motors, and they had uh, heard about me, and they were interested in my background and who I was. So um, I sort of let go of my view of reality and trying hard not to think about pleasing my dad, <laughs> keeping it objective, uh, I went and interviewed and I ended up staying there for 12 years. <laughs> Did your dad ever say, I told you so? <laughs> no, he had this old statement from way back. Uh, he says, well, Bob, even if it's rough here, you, you can cry all the way to the bank, <laughs> and, end quote. And, and indeed, my, uh, my uh, 
technician salary doubled uh, going to General Motors at that time, but my responsibilities probably tripled. But what was that job like? Well, it was um, uh, pretty exciting. Uh, I uh, went from, as we talked about earlier, saluting and doing what I was told and staying pretty narrowly focused on tests of various sorts in various departments there that I was an expert in. I went to uh, assisting in designing my own lab, uh, picking the equipment in it, and uh, automating it to the point where even though it'd be a fairly highly functional facility, it would have very low head count. Was this something stationary? You set it up in the facilities? Well, that, that's right. At, uh, in those years, General Motors was going through phenomenal growth. I think they probably had a half a million employees back then. Hmm. And uh, this facility uh, was hiring, excuse me, they were screening 50, 75, even 100 people um, three or four days a week to look at them as potential candidates as yeah. blue-collar workers, largely out in the uh, manufacturing space. And the laboratory that I was setting up was to be a fixed facility to be part of what the corporation was collecting as part of a pre-employment physical. And they were learning that uh, I could be quite helpful. For example, a subset of maybe five or six areas of testing I would do, I would do drug screening. And we did have quite a problem with heroin in uh, that particular county, and particularly from the, the groups of people that we tend to hire from. And uh, so we had uh, um, a very highly reliable laboratory test that could quickly tell us if a person was an addict. And of course, we would then refer them out and, and screen them out of the employment pool. During this whole process, uh, you were working with your dad, weren't you? Uh, in, uh, maybe not in the same section exactly, but you were both working for the same company, right? Right. My father, who I was attempting to differentiate from and be different, not only somehow got me to work for the same corporation he and his dad and his dad's dad worked for, <laughs> but we found ourselves eventually actually working together and going on the road together. We needed a fair amount of data processing of all the uh, medical results we were generating, and my dad was became the lead person and so he would go with our small crew of experts on these prototype trips to various industrial locations and he would do the data processing part and I would run the laboratory and Bill Taylor and nurses would do the physicals and all that. Wow, that was great working with a family member like that. What was the wisdom that came from this experience for you? Right, and it's, and, uh, it's stuck with me for a long time is uh, the wisdom, and I'll see if I can articulate it, maybe you can help me clear it up a little bit, but I think it has to do with being flexible, having to be with being open to the things that become opportunities for you, and being able to take the risk of letting go of what you think you should be doing or where you should be going, and there's always the risk of failure, but often these, are, these opportunities that come up in life can open up doors uh, I spent uh, five years in college in science, and because I took that job with my dad, and even though I was transferred to a different department after the medical department was downsized, I ended up 30 years in a profession that was more aligned with what I thought I wanted to do in the first place, which was, uh, which ap was applying psychology oh, okay. uh, to workplace problems. And uh, so it, it, it all came out extremely 
extremely well. If I would have stayed on my own path and didn't even consider the value of the opportunities that were coming my way, it may have been a, maybe a black and white life versus a rainbow in many ways. Would you say that then you used uh, rational thought in thinking through your circumstances, but also equally used this sense of knowing that seems to hover over all of us? So there's a sense, you may not quite understand it, but there's a sense in going in one direction or another. And so this sort of non-judgmental view of both of it arrived at, at the choices that you ended up making, which was stay at General Motors, highly successful in a national, international market, utilizing the, the medical field, and then the transference of that into a, an area of psychology and sociology, the human resources, I suppose. Well, it, it was. And, and going back to what you just said, I, I want to just resonate with that. I agree. You do a lot of rational kind of thinking, but there's something in your heart that also has to be there. And you can call it intuition, curiosity that begins to grow to the point where you almost can't control it anyway. And you allow yourself sort of more of a letting go versus a forcing it through kind of thing. And I think that's a very human you know, kind of phenomena. We're, we're complex beings and there's, there's much more to making decisions, big decisions in our lives than simply thinking it through rationally. You so, know, you must be able to do that too. Oh yeah, yeah, you need both of them. So then how would you apply this life experience and this wisdom to those of us who are searching for jobs, are searching for a life, whether it be their personal life or, or professional life? How, how would this fit into their lives? How could they apply it? Right, my recollection is that in Chinese, there's a symbol uh, that talks about a threat. And within that symbol, the way they, they write it out, there's, there's an addendum to it, extra strokes maybe of the pen that stand for opportunity. And so when we, we feel threatened or that there's a problem, particularly one we didn't see coming, that that's the time to also say, well, let's, let's stop screaming, let's get the heart rate down, and let's look at how the world might change because this problem is in front of us and uh, how might we react to it in a way that we might even be better off than we were before versus this threat is going to uh, ruin things or uh, stop us from uh, doing what we thought we should be doing at that time in our life, for example. So I think it has a real application in terms of applied wisdom uh, or even attitude uh, in thinking about where you're going to work, where you're going to live, how you're going to uh, respond to maybe significant financial problems, or, or opportunities. And this has sort of haunted me my whole life. I've toyed around with not listening to my heart on some of these things. And later on in my career, a number of times, I just said, no, I won't, to the opportunities that came knocking at the door that were really clear because I had some kind of other thought in my head that wasn't even maybe real. But I thought, I own that, and that's what I'm going to do, versus let's take a closer look at and appreciate what might be coming our way, even though we didn't order it, we didn't ask for it, and it just, you know, it appeared. This is very good stuff, I think, as far as wisdom for our futures here. We are probably going to see a lot of significant differences in lifestyles in the next 20 years as compared to the last 20 years. And so having this open view where you're still using good discernment, <laughs> you know, but this open view is, is, will be valuable to a lot of people stepping into some, some new emphasis, new, new opportunities in life. So 
Bob, we thank you. You've now added another golden nugget (laughs) to senior wisdom. Thanks a bunch. Thanks, Steve.